The Long Box Crusade presents monthly Monday movie muckabout because the podcasting world needs yet another movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Dot Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I am a movie lover. As you all know, I've got this giant collection of movies, and I'd love to get people on to talk about it. Now, normally, I get somebody on, and I surprise them with the movie to see, but not this time, not this time, because this is the long-awaited part two of the Alien movie with Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. So I brought him back to talk about one of my favorite movies, Aliens, because now that he's seen Alien, he's going to watch Aliens. That's that's it. That's what we got going on. But Delvin, how you doing, man? I am very good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just uh, working, uh, spending way too much time in this room here. Yeah. Going right from work, going to like recording with my friends. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. Not too bad. But uh, I got to remember to leave the door open a little bit more and air this place out because it's <laughs> way too much my funk and not like fresh air coming in. Sounds like a sort of a Febreze commercial, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of is. Kind of, kind of <laughs> is. It's full of like all these comic books and, and toys. It is really a a little boy's room. It nice. it really is. How about you? How are things in your neck of the woods, sir? Uh, as of this recording, it was a very hot day today. Ninety three degrees. Ninety three. Does it even get that hot up in Oregon? I was just actually wondering. I've been in my nice air conditioned house in the basement today. I have not been outside where it is a ninety four degrees outside, which is blistering hot for Oregon. Yeah, it's <laughs> very hot for Charlotte because it was, it was one of those walk outside and it was like, oh, <laughs> it was that type of heat today. So walk, out, walk outside, say, nope, I have changed my mind. I'm going back inside. Yeah. Now, see, in Charlotte, that would it'd have to get into the hundreds for that to happen. And I've lived in temperatures like that before. I lived in Texas where you're like, it's so, it, it's so hot, you, you get mad. Like, you're mad that it's actually that hot. Like, this should not be a thing at all. I, it, yes. Uh, enough about the weather. Other stuff. <laughs> uh, life, uh, life is pretty good. It's been relatively quiet, It's which is good. And while you definitely wish that, you know, all the coronavirus craziness wasn't there, you take coronavirus lemons and make coronavirus lemonade. Today on Facebook, I saw something from a local business. They have this nice property that's on the corner. It's got a corner lot, and it's this old kind of Tudor style house that's got this wrought iron gate on the front, and it's got this giant driveway. The people bought this house specifically for its look and location because they love Halloween mm -hmm. and they love building decorations for Halloween. They just put out a notice that, yes, this Halloween, or <laughs> for the time this this actually airs the Halloween that we just passed because yeah. we are doing this pre Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> the Halloween that just passed, they were not going to be able to do it because of the coronavirus safety. Their, their attraction is one that you walk up and you look at the house and they just have a mob of people that are just kind of walking around the front, just the front gate of the house, looking at the graveyard that they set up and all the cool stuff. Very cool. It's called Davis graveyard. They can't do it this year because they don't want to risk people coming. They can't, provide safety measures yeah. for that. But they found another place in Canby, Oregon, that is doing a drive-through 
Halloween event, which they're like, we are partnering with them. We are going to bring our decorations out there and set it up for this drive-through event. You make the lemonade out of the lemons that you yep. get with this kind of thing. It's not what you usually do, but you find a new way to still do what you love in this horrible time that we're in. Absolutely. The only other alternative is to give in to misery and despair and honestly, what's the fun in that? There is none at all. And yet... I think we are going to talk about a movie that is nothing but misery and despair. Because <laughs> you are coming back to talk about Aliens, the 1986 movie that's directed by James Cameron and features the return of Sigourney Weaver. Also, Michael Bean, Paul Reisner, Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, William Hope, Jeanette Goldstein, and Al Matthews. Now, you saw Alien with me, and you talked about it, and you loved it, and you had fun with it, and you had some thoughts about what the next installment of this is going to be. What do you know about Aliens? Nothing. Nothing at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Uh, Eddie, because, first of all, I didn't know that there was Alien, and then the sequel was Aliens. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I was unaware. So that, that tells you how little I know about the movie uh, I'm about to watch. And, and I want to promise anyone who ever listened to this, I have no reason to lie about this. I have not seen any of this stuff at all, completely brand new. I, I don't know anything. Rick, I honestly don't. I can absolutely believe it just from your reactions from the first movie. And so that what, that's what makes this so much fun. That's the reason why I had to have you on for this sequel. You know, yeah. the first one we're doing a sequel on, and what better one? Absolute virgin for both movies. This is going to be great. And actually, the entire series, too. Yeah. I think this is kind of cool. And talking about the fact that you didn't know it was Alien and Aliens, don't quote me on this, but this may be the first film that they did something like that, where it's just a little bit of a change of a name, just a slight change of the name to make the sequel instead of, you know, Alien Part 2 or anything like that. I, I can't think of anything that's pre this. And, you know, people can yell at me on the internet if I'm wrong on that. But I can't think of anything else that really did this. And it kind of seems a little unique for the time. You probably haven't seen Aliens for the same reason you didn't see Alien. You just Never got around to it. You're not big into movies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, didn't get around to it. And let's see, 1986, I was nine years old. So I don't... That sounds like the perfect time to watch this movie, actually. <laughs> I don't think that that's a movie that my parents would have wanted me to see. So I wouldn't have had an opportunity to see it. Like a lot of movie-related things. If I would have seen it, it would have been with Jared about nine, ten years later in college. And at the time, like, especially with my movie-watching and attention span, like, I was more likely to fall asleep rather than pay attention to it. So wouldn't have appreciated it anyway. Just didn't get the opportunity to watch it. Well, I think that's great because this is going to give you a chance to appreciate this movie. I think it's fair to say you're going in with pretty high expectations, though, after you saw Alien, right? I think that that is a very good assumption because Alien was really good. And by this point, hopefully people have listened to that show. And my excitement level was genuine and honest. And I'm excited to see what happens with Ripley because... She went through it. That's not going to be a trauma that she can sleep off, even though she had to go back into the pod after the original alien was killed. 
still, that is the trauma to end all trauma to see your entire team get destroyed by this creature. I'm very interested to see what happens while with Ripley and and how that translates to Earth and what answers that she wants to find out because I certainly would want some answers. I would definitely be going to the... Hi, hi, uh, Mr. Boss, man, sir, I, I has questions. So, yeah, I, I want to know all of that. This is, this is going to be very interesting. I cannot wait to see your reaction to the movie and to have some good conversations because this is one of my favorite movies. This is a real high one for me, both Alien and Aliens. I actually would probably put Aliens a little higher. I think in my own memory, I saw Aliens first. We have just been like going on and on much longer than I normally do, but that's okay. We are going to stop now. We are going to play the commercial and we are going to let Delvin watch Aliens from 1986. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back. That's the plan. All right, I'm in. There's still no contact with the colony. The xenomorph may be involved. What exactly we're we dealing with here? Just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew. Ready to get it on. Go! I think we got something here. Ripley. Don't be afraid. Come on. I don't know how you managed to stay alive, but these soldiers are here to protect you. It won't make any difference. What is that? I don't know. Nobody touched nothing. I got signals. I got readings. There's something moving and it ain't us. And we are back. You just listened to the lovely, lovely trailer from 1986's Aliens, directed by James Cameron. Now, before we get into the movie, before we talk to Delvin about what he saw, let me give you a quick synopsis of this film. Ellen Ripley, the sole survivor of the Nostromo, is found and brought home after being in stasis for 57 years. The company who owned the equipment from the first film buries Ripley's report as she suffers from reoccurring nightmares. Then she is called in as the settlement, which has grown on the planet from the first film, goes dark. She is sent back with a team of marines to investigate the mystery of the planet and back into the unknown planet filled with xenomorphs. Delvin. Yeah, hey. My first reoccurring guest. Yes. You saw Alien. You had some theories about aliens. I did. What was your impression of this film? Well, it's like Alien got you comfortable with the whole idea and the whole thing, the premise of what they were doing, and then Aliens just took it and just turned the volume all the way up to 10. (laughs) Past him, like, okay, yeah, this this is a thing. You're you're used to seeing the aliens and whatever. Yeah, let's let's show you what they can do. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of called it a little bit, and you could see why I was jumping in my seat when you first made the comment. Like, wow, Ripley's gonna have some nightmares. She's gonna have some yeah. PTSD. Yeah, called that man. You called that. Yeah, like <laughs> like to a T. And I prom I promise you to anyone listening to this, I promise you, I literally never seen aliens before. And so when I'm watching it now and I saw it and that she is, well, first of all, you know, she wakes up and they're taking care of her and, you know, got the stupid cat going on or whatever. And, and Paul Reiser comes in. I don't even care his character's name is Paul Reiser and was like, yeah, uh, it's been 57 years. Like, it's and she natural. I, I would freak out too. Like if I like, okay, yep, I took this nap or whatever, and I woke up and it's like, yeah, what time is it? it it's three o'clock, 
57 years later. <laughs> 2020 what? plus 57. I mean, I mean, thankfully she didn't age or anything, but still, like, you basically have woken up and, like, anything that you have ever known is pretty much gone. Yeah. So, <laughs> on top of the trauma from seeing the xenomorph and having to deal with that horror, she wakes up, but not even recovered from that, and gets another trauma put on top of... That's two traumas, Rick. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and add another one there, because then she is sued by the company and says, uh, yeah, we don't believe you, and we blame you for destroying our property, so you're our indentured servant. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a lot of money. I, I, but I wrote a report. A report, Shemapur. <laughs> <laughs> that was their argument, you know? And, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got trauma, trauma, and uh, let's just go pour salt in the wound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tra- trauma trifecta now. Yeah. That's where we are. So yeah, dead, uh, fine. You guys dead to me. I'm dead to the world. I can't deal with any of this. Yeah. So you've got this character. I guess the, the overarching though, you nailed it on the trauma. You nailed it on the PTSD. You had expectations going in the movie. It sounds like your expectations were met. Well, we're not there yet, right? We're so... <laughs> But but spoiler, I would say so because it had a very similar feel Mm -hmm. to the first movie in that there was a decent amount of buildup. And where in the first movie with the creepy android... Where, like, I was like, yeah, mm-mm, I'm not buying you, dude, at all for a second. This time, it was Paul Reiser to where I'm like, and, and it was because there's this Dane Cook bit that he does where it's like, or like, if you're a jerk or whatever, like, you add, like, that little title that you call everyone, like, hey, Rick, what's up, chief? Yep. Yep. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's up? What's up, buddy? How you doing, hombre? And, like, and he kept doing that, and I'm like, <laughs> just there's, it was already getting on my nerves. There is a level of slime that Paul Reiser puts on himself for this role that you can just taste it. You can oh. see it. And you're like, yeah. he is one generation removed from a used car salesman. Oh, yeah. If 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 that. Like, I mean, he he's a used flying saucer <laughs> salesman. <laughs> Seven years in the future. And, oh, yeah, he was... I mean, he pulled Ripley into that quicksand to where she he was like, yeah, like, come back to the planet. And he was like, no. no. And then, like, well, I promise you we're going to go and we're going to just take care of the aliens. And we're going to kill them all. And she's like, OK. The subtitle of this movie should be fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me three times. Aliens. Because <laughs> he kept yeah, saying, he like, trust me, I can get you through this. I can get you through this deposition. We're on your side. Mm, sorry about that. Uh, trust me, we are going to go there and whatever you say is going to be gone. You know, we will take care of the aliens. Lie after lie after lie after lie. And there, there's this um, guy, I'm going to screw up his name. I think it's Simon Sinek. And he has this whole thing about begin with the ending in mind or mm-hmm. what's your and, and I'll give Riser credit for this much. He had a why. Mm-hmm. His why was money. <laughs> yes, it money. was money the whole way over everything. I mean, just to a like comical yet sadly realistic degree. 
Well, yeah, he's lying to Ripley to get the to find out the story so that he can make sure that the company saves money somehow. They're, they they can put in some kind of claim. It, it's all about putting the blame on Ripley. They're going to get their money back. Oh, there might be an alien on this planet. Okay, well, I'm going to lie about that so I can try to capitalize that, find that alien, and monetize it. And then the entire end of the film is him like, we're going to get this alien back, and we're going to we're we're going to make money off of it. They're in that they were still on that. 60 years later, because that was someone had that plan with the Nostromo and the Android was put there specifically to get a Xenomorph back to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. It's still on that plan. Yeah. What? That is, ins- <laughs> that is insane. I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and save you a little bit of because uh, I don't I, I if you want to watch the rest of the movies, be my guest. But capitalism is not dead in the future. And capitalism is at the basis for all the rest of the Aliens movies because Ooh. there's no other thing else it could possibly be. It's all about the money. Ooh. Man, Paul Reiser, whether or not he's a worse villain than the Xenomorphs themselves, <laughs> but the character himself, he plays it great. I, I think the acting that he does in it is fantastic. You despise him, which I think is great. Yeah, you do. You do. You absolutely love to hate him yeah. because seriously, from the start, I'm just like, I don't like you. You're, you're a worm. And sure enough, he just did what worms do, you know, found that apple and just kept going right to the core. I'm like, I found it. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the bad guy from the first film, and I'm talking about the, the android. Mm-hmm. Now we have ourselves a new one with Lance Hendrickson playing Bishop. Yes. What'd you think of Bishop? <sighs> I get why Ripley had her suspicions. Like, stay away from me, man. I don't. Yeah, I don't trust androids. And it's like, you know what? Like, maybe that's xenophobic, but she had a reason for that xenophobia. Like, Mm -hmm. I had that and the last android. And then even I love the the MacGuffin excuse that was given. It's like, oh, yeah, that was Mark II. Mark II. And he's so so calm about it. Oh, Mark II, that would never happen with me. She don't care. She does not care. I I wouldn't blame her. I, Mm -hmm. I can't blame Ripley for anything after no yeah but bishop had a great character arc i mean they would not have gotten off the planet if bishop didn't set the bomb and then bring Mm -hmm. the reserve ship to come in to get them and then wound up saving ripley who (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you like yeah that was great that you went after newt and everything and i was like "Mm -mm, that little Mm, girl would have been <laughs> but Ripley's a better person than me. Ripley is a much better person than Ripley me. Ripley is a much better person than me. It's like, no, I promised I'd save her. It's like, you know what? I already got yeah. that PTSD. I'm gonna add that on top of the PTSD. <laughs> and get I'm the done. Drugs done. Get back to Earth. Mm-mm. I do love the scene with Bishop going through that small tunnel. Just he's in that oh. tiny tunnel and just going, going. And it's like, you need an android for that because any human being. What a nope. 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 <laughs> No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Bishop was awfully brave and selfless. And while that was what he was programmed to do technically, to see it play out the way he did, even to the point where he was vivisected at the end, and he still reached out and saved Newt, who would have died and would have been sucked into the uh-huh. um, the abyss were it not for him. That was, he, he was incredible. Were you expecting that scene? Because that is a bit of a shocker when, when you think everything's done and he's standing on that gangplank and he gets 
ripped apart. <laughs> Were you expecting that at all? Kind of. In that, for whatever reason, the Xenomorphs have a great habit of jumping into an aircraft before they leave. And so when the movie kept going on and it didn't have that indie feeling, you know how movies are about yeah. to wrap up and you can almost sense the credits are about to roll? I didn't yep. get that sense that the credits were about to roll. And sure enough, like Bishop just got ripped apart oh. and there were fluid and robot guts. and like, oh, <laughs> oh, That scene will stick with you, man. Oh. oh, yeah. I mean, and that was, they made that very intentionally ugly and it yes. didn't work. It works. So we have got an entire platoon, a platoon of other Marines here. Any one of these that st really stuck out for you the most? Vasquez. Yeah. Vasquez, yep. Vasquez was a G. I, I was, I'll talk about the Marines in general. It partially annoyed me being former active duty because mm -hmm. the whole thing, I mean, if this were now, would it be sponsored by Axe Body Spray? There was so much machismo going on where it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, it's like, come on. People in the military don't act. Mm. People in the military act a little bit like. Mm. <laughs> okay, we kind of do act like that, but it's annoying <laughs> to see it portrayed by you freaking Hollywood, Rasm Frasm. So just, just remember one other thing, sir. I'm former Army. You're former Air Force. These are Marines. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Rick, I know. And that's why I'm like. <laughs> So I'll say this much. It was like Marines on steroids. Yeah. Which are yeah. still Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Not appropriate. Uh, but uh, let's let's just say I, I felt they were over the top uh, to yeah. include the gunny sergeant, a punk. Like, he may as well have been named Gunny because he was spouting off every gunnery sergeant truism phrase or whatever, even though he wasn't a bad character. And yeah. Lord knows he had he had to be some sort of background because the lieutenant was just Gorman. LT was he was trash. <laughs> he was so bad. <laughs> he was so, so bad. It, oh. To the degree where, again, it makes me wonder, did they send those Marines out there to die? Yeah, the gunnery sergeant, I, I like him. I do like that character. I think that he had the right thing. And when he was in charge out there, you know, giving them orders and yep. they were securing the place originally, yep. it's like they just were overmatched for what they eventually hit. But that lieutenant, it's like you don't send a first lieutenant out for something like this. You send out somebody unless the pay wasn't good. I mean, these these are they're Marines, but it's really Blackwater because they're being hired to go out and do something for an, an entity. Yeah. So that money wasn't good enough. I don't know. But, yeah. you know, the sending out the LT out there is like, listen, first lieutenant, you just you just sit back there. We'll take care of this. You need somebody a lot more seasoned for put this. Put it this way. They, for what was the worst case scenario, there is no way you would send a lieutenant out there to do that job. No. And, and they even asked them, you know, how many of these have you been in? It's like 16, you know, in simulation. <laughs> this is like my second drop to include this one. Like, ah. 
No, they're, they're all just like, oh, come on, yeah. come on. I do like your choice of Thescas because she very much puts the entire twist on the, okay, here's a Marine, here's the woman Marine, but she is, she's definitely tougher than most of the guys oh, on there. Oh, yeah, and that line of uh, <laughs> where some, one of them asks, have you ever been mistaken for a man? And she's like, no, have you? Oh, Oh, she definitely holds her own. Definitely holds her own. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, to wrap up Gorman, at least Gorman had a good ending to his arc. Yes. To where he went out with Vasquez after Vasquez, Mm -hmm. I mean, just did her best. She she was laying waste to Xenomorphs left and right and just got like to her literal last bullet and they were done. Mm -hmm. And even though they died, which was terrible. I, that moment was a very, very good moment for them. Yeah, Gorman at the very end, he stood up and actually, you know, he was better than <laughs> he's better than Paul Reiser. But I mean, that bar is pretty low. But yeah. he actually came back with a stellar ending. You got Michael Bean, who is Corporal Dwayne Hicks, and he is kind of the one in charge. He's the one that's working with Ripley to try to make things go, and he's kind of got the love interest going on. Yeah. And then you got Bill Paxton, who is the the Joker of the group. Game over, man. Yeah. I mean, he, besides that game over, there was also, there were a few lines at the beginning that it, it reminded me of, I mean, it shows you what, a, what an icon this movie is because I played a little bit of StarCraft and they said, well, something, we're in the pipe, five by five. And I was like, that's from StarCraft. I re- yep. So even just those little lines were taken from the movie. And then Paxson's character, yeah, even though, again, he had a... He, no, did he go out? No, he went out shooting, too. He went out... They all went out shooting. They all went they out all shooting, went out which shooting. was good. But man, oh, man, it's like, like brother, you're a Marine, dude. Come on. Like, so... Like, not Marine. Marine up, bro. Come on. We're going to die. And this is, this is terrible. It's like, dude, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Hudson, yeah, he goes down fighting. After Burke locks the door and locks himself in the room, Hudson's last stand, he goes down fighting. He, he goes down fighting like a boss. Yeah. Uh, but he's out, he's protecting them as they get out a different way after Burke locks himself in that one room. So And then, like, the, the start of that where, you know, they had the tracker and they kept using the tracker to dramatic effect. And they're, like, four feet away. It's like, that's in the room. And the guy sticks his head and I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And like, and, and again, just that angle, the aliens are crawling. Like, oh. <laughs> it was so, that was so not like over the top scary. Like they did with the first tracker moment in alien to where the alien went, boo. Like this one was creepier because they're at this weird, like insect, like angle crawling on the wall, oh, man. Like, <laughs> They they absolutely did show out with yeah. what the xenomorphs could do, even from the start, where they had to have some sort of awareness to hide and nest where they were at that incubation area, and like and you couldn't come in there guns blazing because you mm. you would blow everything up. Uh huh. Something in their instinct knew where they needed to go to either that incubation area was just good to produce eggs. Or they knew that if somebody came after them, the humans came after them, they would have explosive incendiary weapons that they couldn't use. Yeah. Let's talk about that, though, because we also got something new. The first film showed us the facehuggers, the eggs, and the xenomorph. This one, we saw the queen. Mm -hmm. What'd you think about that queen? How many mouths did she have? Good God. They just kept that. More aliens kept coming out of her mouth. Like, oh, good God. And then, because 
Yeah, Ripley did the wandering, like absolutely wandering into the wrong room and she saw the eggs and then they looked up and saw what was hatching the eggs. Or, or how that was dropping the eggs down. Yeah, and it was like, oh. <laughs> like, oh man. Like, you just... And at that point, Ripley, she doesn't even have nerves left. Everything has to just be gray matter <laughs> where yeah. nerves used to be. We are an animal instinct. We are going to survival, get out of here, and just just go, go, yeah. go. I, done, I made a bad mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is still watching it for myself. And I've seen this movie numerous times. Watching that scene, I'm just like, I know it's coming. I know what I'm going to see. And it still just grosses me out. It's like, this is so horrific and so just disturbing. I don't want to be there. I don't want Ripley to be there. I don't want anybody to be there. Yeah, it was just... And and she didn't even have to be there because mm -hmm. for her to like she went to rescue Newt, which yep. as we both agreed, uh, I'm and yeah, we got plenty of time. We got like 26 minutes or whatever. Go, yep, let's go. See ya. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I'm a guy who shows up early to most things. So 26 minutes, I feel like we're late. All right, we are late if it's 26 minutes till the thing starts. All right, we got to be out of here now. Yeah, now. Like, like you know what? She did a good job. She survived that long. Like she's a brave girl. I will remember her. I, I will have children. My firstborn will be named Newt. <laughs> oh no, no, her firstborn already grew up and died an old woman. So mm. my secondborn, <laughs> secondborn, secondborn, <laughs> named Newt. Yeah. You haven't seen Alien Three yet, so. We'll just let that one go. Yep. Going back a little bit to Ripley, we have the scene where her and Newt are locked in the room sleeping, and Burke tries to implant them. How's that for terror? You have to be, I mean, at that point, it's not even a, you know, how some of the best bad guys have a good guy element to them. So where you can feel somewhat sympathetic, like mm -hmm. as soon as you saw like the little xenomorphs there, there was no question who planted them. It was Burke. It was Paul yeah. Rouser. And, and it's like, God, you're evil. <laughs> like that's just messed up. <laughs> To do, like that is a messed up thing to do, just incalculably messed up. And for them to survive that was just crazy. Uh, just another sign of how resourceful Ripley has been throughout this franchise so far. I could not believe that he would do something like that because that's just above and beyond wrong at that point. Just terrible, abysmal. So you're talking about Ripley being uh, resourceful. We, we have to talk about the last fight scene with her and the queen and her using the loader. Yeah. The big old exoskeleton loader. What'd you think about that? I thought it was very cool. And it was a very good callback to her saying that she was like a level two mm -hmm. loader. And so she had experience and that showed the Marines that she had value because she didn't just want to stand around. She wanted to do something to help the crew out. And for her to go away and to come back to that, that was a very good moment. And also they, they tied into the beginning too. It's like, okay, well, you, you, you will now belong to us, the corporation. You are stuck on this space station for the rest of your life and you're going to be working off what you owe us. Okay, well, I can't be a pilot anymore so i'm going to learn how to do menial work here and so she from the beginning of the film one of the things she learned how to do was run the loaders that's where her job back then i missed that part. that's where she learned it that's what she was doing well, she probably had some experience before but she's been working as a loader and so when she got in the marine space she goes well i got a skill now yeah very well done and of course you know at that point she's like what what can i do to go against this 
ridiculous monstrosity that's in front of me and came back with the loader and looking, you know, quite badass, I might say. And, and she acquitted herself well. I mean, and of course, like, let's give the queen credit too. A, a old girl could scrap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and she would not go out easily and took them both over and like put them into like the airlock. That was a heck of a fight. And I can talk also just overall about that fight and literally all of the special effects. Like 1986? Uh-huh. 34 years ago? Yeah. Fantastic. Like, yes. holy cow. I mean, it completely holds up today. It looked great from like the Xenomorphs to any of the set pieces. They were fantastic, especially when they went to the abandoned outpost and it went from that point where everything was looking like basically think any military installation sort of, you know, you kind of had your mm-hmm. Connex boxes and stuff. And then they had the bar in different rooms. And then when it went to the alien part, oh, it just like, oh, this isn't right. This looks so wrong. Like, Get out of there. Like, as soon as I even would have saw that, like, yep, we don't have to reconnoitre this part. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. They're dead. <laughs> Big old X here. We're going in here. Yeah. Do not cross this line. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. We're done. We're good. There's something to be said for the practical effects and practical set decoration. And I mean, you've got a guy in a rubber suit doing those fights with Ripley. I mean, that is an actual individual in a lot of those close-up shots wow. in that in that rubber suit. Wow. It's practical effects. And right lighting, the right makeup, you can do amazing stuff with that. I mean, it's incredible. Evidently. Good grief. Well, Rick, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. how they construct the aliens. So that was a dude in a rubber suit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a lot of it is. I mean, some of it is going to be mechanical, but I mean, you, it's variations on somebody's inside that suit and he's operating. You can look online. You can see some pictures of the guy in some of the suits and the costumes. It's it's incredible. They have done incredible things. We are coming up on time. I want to ask you really quick. Was there any lows in the film for you? Was there anything that you just like, mm, nah, I didn't really like that too much. I discussed the one low and that was just the opening machismo when they introduced the Marines. Yeah. But at the same time, we kind of laughed at it because I, they were kind of, even if that mission would have gone everything A-OK and not Tango Uniform, mm-hmm. then it still would have been kind of like a suicide squad, which is, I mean, th- that's why Marines are crazy mofos because they are on the ground first. Yeah. And apparently that's the same 57 years from now as it is literally now in 2020. They are the first ones to hit the ground. And you have to be a little bit crazy to do that. If you want to want vacation on that, see a couple episodes prior when we talked about Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's another movie I've seen. I've seen Full Metal Jacket plenty of times. So there you go. There you go. That's that's Marines being crazy. They get trained to be that way. They do. They absolutely do. And so I can I can definitely excuse that, especially when all of them had, I'm putting in quotes, good character arcs and that well, literally all of them died except one. But they mm. went out bravely, which yeah. was at least a good honor for a Marine to die that way. But like just that opening, it was a little bit axe body yeah. spray. But other than that, Mid-80s, that, that kind of fits in for mid-80s, though. True, true, very true. I'm trying to think, was there anything else? Well, let me ask you this. Is there is there any other big scenes that we haven't talked about or any other big things that you really enjoyed? I think we hit them all. 
I think we hit them all. They just, at some point, and just the similarities to the first movie where they had all the buildup, but once the action started, it never stopped. Like, it's, no. it's almost like the song in the air tonight. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the song just kicks ass. That That is what Alien and Aliens both did to where the opening part was good and needed and necessary. But once the action turned up, oh, mama. Your heart starts pounding. It never stops pounding. It's it, just go, 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 go. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolute all out action. They took what was a very good first movie and just blew it out completely in this movie. And yeah, I think we're done, man. Excellent, excellent. The only question I've got to ask you then is, uh, well, I got two questions actually, but we'll start with this one. How many full bags of popcorn would you give it? You know the rules, you know the rules, no halvesies. No halvesies needed, it's a five. <laughs> because it, I mean, it blew the doors off. It did exactly, it was an unafraid movie. And who knows, I, I don't know what's behind the scenes. Maybe they had something they held nothing back. That's the important yeah. thing to take away from it. They held absolutely nothing back on this movie. It felt fearless. And I'm definitely of the understanding now how this was able to develop the cult following that it had. The first movie was very, very good. And this movie just, this was the Spider-Man 2 of, of, of Aliens. So where it just, it just exceeded any expectation that I would have had for it. A lot of people have arguments about which one's better, Alien or Aliens. It sounds like you're kind of on the side of Aliens. You couldn't have Aliens without Alien. This is true. So it's tough for me to say because the concept of Alien alone, I was very high on. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to give it a five because it was the first one I saw and I didn't want it to diminish the expectation of any movie that I saw after. And then I saw this one. And I would be foolish to not give it the praise that it deserves as the fantastic action horror movie, sci-fi movie that it was. All right. I, I'm going to take that as a full and complete answer. And I appreciate that. My last question for you, where, where can people find you on the Internet? You can find me on the Internet at DE underscore RAY 1977 on Twitter. Uh, that's where I am a decent amount of the time. So come in. And wherever else you're not, you're right here on this network. I mean, it's really kind of hard to say, you know, find me on a different network. I mean, you're, right. you're here. Yep. Sometimes you're on On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, too. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. Sure. Yep. And a lot of times you're just in our hearts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, me, you can find me on Twitter at Jefferick Presents or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my hibernating lawsuit, Jeff. <laughs> if you would like to be on the show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick Present, all one word, at gmail.com. Big thank you to Longbox Crusade, especially somebody like Delvin and his three brothers from Other Mothers, Pat, Jared, and Jason. They let me come on the show. They let me use the attic, and I really, really appreciate it. Also, to their sponsor, Omaha Bound, they are fancy. And if you want to be fancy like them, give them your comic books. They'll put them in this nice hardbound book and send it back to you, and it's really cool. I mean, you have to pay them, but still, Omaha Bound, all your binding needs. And also to the Longbox Crusade members who help support this network. If you would like to support the network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That's all the time we have for this week, so please grab some popcorn, pull up a seat, and we'll be back soon with our next episode. 
The music for this episode is Fall Back by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. Game over, man. It's game over.